Hello, and welcome to Saving People, Queering Things, a Supernatural podcast. We were previously known as Driver Picks the Podcast, and the episode you're about to listen to was recorded under that name. Though our name has changed as of season three, our show hasn't changed that much. Our structure and theme-based discussions are the same, and we're so glad you're here. Now, let's get on the road. We were sitting there like, this motherfucker's never mowed a lawn in his life, and it shows. Hello and welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, the show where we talk about ghosts, queer road trips, and free will through every episode of the cult CW series, Supernatural. Today, we are exploring season two, episode 20, what is and what should never be through the theme of redemption. I am Abigail, your host. My pronouns are they, them, and joining me for this episode are Elena, Noah, and Renny. Do you all want to introduce yourselves again so that people can hear your voices? Uh, yeah, so I'm Elena, and uh, pronouns are she or they, and I'm a super longtime fan of Supernatural. I know way too much about the show, probably for my own good, um, and I'm super excited to be back because this is literally one of my all-time, like, top five favorite episodes of the series, so when I was, like, saw it was an option that I could be on, I was very, very hyped. <laughs> Hi, I'm Renny. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm also a longtime Supernatural fan um discovered it in high school and have been watching it like on and off ever since and yeah I this is one of my favorite episodes too so I was really excited I made sure that I was on it (laughs) I'm Noah um you know I've seen a few episodes here and there season one and a few I'm back he him uh having a good time ready to ready to party and we're gonna party uh it's a happy one it's a sad one it's everything in between some great acting from uh, Jensen yeah, Jensen, I, I believe in my notes, I so eloquently described it as Jensen acts his face off. The tear and then the second tear at the grave. I think that's the first time we've gotten like the two tear action from Jensen. It's not the last time, but it's, it is the first time. So I think it's pretty clear that we've all enjoyed this episode. So now it is time for our series recap. Here's what you missed on the road so far. Three, two, one, go. So Sam and Dean had lost their father at the beginning of this season, and right before John died, he told Dean that he would either have to save Sam or kill him. That's been a constant theme throughout this whole season. They have fought a bunch of new monsters and old monsters and had to stop hunters from killing Sam. There are a lot of special children with weird powers. They still don't know why. They have been hunted, are being chased by the FBI really actively, and we still don't know what's up with Sam and his weird powers, but we're going to find out soon. Oh, that was a brilliant finish. Marvelous. A top tier recap. Thank you. So now that brings us to this episode, 220, what is and what should never be, and our 30 second recap for this episode. So today, Rennie is going to do our 30 second recap. So whenever you're ready, I will count you in. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Dean stupidly goes into an abandoned building alone and gets weirdly easily captured by a djinn. He wakes up in an alternate universe where his mom wasn't killed by the demon. Sam is a preppy law school student engaged to Jess. Dean's not really into his hot girlfriend. He's thrilled to mow the lawn and be a, quote, civilian. He finds out he doesn't get along with Sam. None of the people the Winchester saved hunting are alive. He cries at his dad's grave. He hunts the djinn with law school Sam. Figured out he's trapped with the girl he's been hallucinating. He has to choose between his real life and the djinn's reality, and then they have a heart to heart. Dun, 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 dun. I was so succinct. Okay, so moving forward into our theme discussion. Our theme this week is redemption. How do we see redemption in this episode? It might be easier to say, how do we not see redemption in this episode? <laughs> it, it just shines throughout this whole episode. Like as I was watching it, I couldn't get over how many places it was super fitting that that was the theme. Yeah, so the definition of redemption is saving or being saved from evil, error, or sin. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. That exact thing happens. Right here. Yeah, Anytime. that's just, that's the episode. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the podcast for the day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. <clears throat> well, one of the biggest things that made the redemption just, like I was saying, it kind of shined throughout the episode was just through Jensen's acting. He's so good in this episode. And you can just you can tell how desperate he is for redemption throughout the whole episode it it just like takes your heart and 
crushes it into a smoothie and I don't like it, but I love it. It's weird. It's a very complicated relationship. This episode is a really interesting like flip on redemption because it, it tries to give Dean that kind of like redemption and like salvation from his regular, really crappy life as a hunter, but it's all fake, which I think is really interesting when we think about redemption because it's not real. Yeah, nothing actually gets redeemed really in this episode, even though it's kind of all about redemption. It's a very weird sort of relationship the two have. It, it's he he is given Dean is given a redemption, the redemption he thinks he wants, but when he gets it, he realizes that it's not worth it. It's not real, and it's not something that he could live with. You know. Yeah, and it really like especially the moment when he, I mean, not to cut to kind of the end of the episode already, but the scene at the grave um, is, I think, I, there was a few notes here in the document just about that scene in particular, because Dean just kind of like having that whole conversation, you know, that one-sided conversation with John about how, why do they have to be the ones to save everybody gets me every single time. He's having a whole conversation with his imagined father who's dead in this reality and dead in his reality too. So he's having a conversation as he imagines his father would, and he's fighting for the right to be happy. And because he feels like he doesn't deserve to be happy because he could have saved so many people if he just sacrificed his, his happiness. That's like the thing is his, he is looking at, like it's his redemption or it's everyone else's and he can't justify his own redemption because everyone else gets lost in that scenario I also do think it's really interesting that the one thing that his brain his subconscious brain doesn't feel the need to redeem is his relationship with John because John is dead in both universes like it, I think in in the dream universe John obviously is probably a much better father because he's not a hunter he seems to they seem to they seem to all have they don't seem to have anything negative to say about John's relationship with Mary or his relationship with the boys it's pretty blank well but but what it shows you is that that's Dean isn't sitting here longing for any kind of relationship with his dad because he already had that like he he regrets the fact that he never got to know his mother and he never not got to have that relationship with her. And so it makes a lot of sense that, you know, in this, in this universe, John is, is still gone because he doesn't, he doesn't need anything more from John, I think in a weird way, even though there's a lot of things that John never did for him that ended up making him have these like really messed up views of himself and the world and a lot of other things at the same time I don't think he wants anything more from John that's not a relationship that needs redeeming in his mind exactly even if it's very complicated yeah as far as he's aware yeah I think his relationship with his dad definitely is not good and he knows that at this point in the season like he's kind of been wrestling through that all season but in the subconscious state that he's here that's not the relationship that's most important to him to get fixed because the three relationships that they really like do actually emphasize is mary sam and jess jess is oh in this episode i thought jess's placement dean met jess one time very briefly yet his like first instinct on seeing her is to go for this like huge hug to get so excited to be just so thrilled about her and about her relationship with sam and i it made me sad because we've seen, we only got to see them meet once, but clearly like Dean knows about, Dean loves Jess because he knows Sam loves Jess. And he knows enough about Jess to like, even in this, in this alternate reality to like instantly be like, this girl is important. And, and I mean, Sam must have told him so many things about Jess and so many different like things he misses or loved about her once she was gone. So he he definitely heard a lot about Jess and was like, that that chick is important for my boy. All he knows of Jess is Sam's grief of her. So like he, that's all that's all he's seen and watched Sam struggle with that and like channel that into hunting and everything. 
So I think that's why he hugs her so hard is he, he knows what it would mean for Sam if she was alive because of, because he saw the like multitude of loss that happened when she died. And getting to see just that Sam has that joy, like Sam has her back in his life and Dean knowing how much she meant to him just to be able to, if for nothing else, to see his brother have what he really believes Sam deserves. Like, and he says that, you know, Sammy doesn't deserve to get married. And that's one of the points that he's so upset about having had to sacrifice because even though Dean doesn't really see that kind of a future for himself, he's always seen and hoped that for Sam. And I think it's really important to talk about that in the context of this whole season because they have been dealing with Sam powers that what they don't know about them the fact that they're connected to the demon like there has been so much angst around sam's identity this season and around like can sam be saved based on what we the things we don't know you know hunters have literally come after sam because they think he's going to be evil and then so like the fact that dean still like his way of seeing Sam is this is that Sam could have been all of these things and like deserved to be and that at Sam's core Sam's not evil Sam's this dorky kid who's a little bit of a genius who should have been able to like go to law school and marry his sweetheart and and that's still how Dean sees him even despite all they've been through this season which I think is really significant Yeah, I think that there's a deep sense of not just redemption, but of relief on Dean's part throughout this episode, just seeing, because like you were saying, all of the things that he has struggled with about Sam and figuring out his identity this season, having this opportunity to just see Sam completely free of all that, like he has, he has Jets, he has law school, he is, you know, wearing bright colors and preppy clothing, like he's, he's getting to lean into the parts of himself that he had to cut off when he started hunting again. And so for Dean to see his brother getting to be this fully realized person outside of that, I think is a sense of just, Dean feels like he doesn't have to protect Sam at this point. Like he just, he he's allowed to watch his brother live his life without having to take care of him. Yeah, and Sam doesn't need redemption in this universe. Whereas exactly. in the actual universe of the story, Sam is desperately looking for redemption. And here he doesn't need it. So Dean doesn't have to try and find it for him. Yeah, Dean casts himself as the villain in like, in that where when Sam's talking about how he like stole his money and stuff, like, you know, I don't remember all the details, but he like, he had done some things in the past that Sam wasn't happy about. Yeah, it was the stealing um, of the credit card. And it card. kind of struck me as like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it struck me as as Dean is still even in his fake reality, he still um, has this like rebellious kind of reckless spirit um, that needs to be satiated as if like he's meant to be a hunter. Whereas Sam in that version um, is the quote good guy and like Mm. the angel kind of who hasn't done anything wrong. And he's like followed all the rules and has the cookie cutter life kind of. He never sees himself as actually fitting in that life. Even in this universe, he's got to be the one that doesn't quite know what he's doing with his life that is screwing up the people around him's life just by yeah and I think that's um the really tragic part of this episode when it comes to redemption is like Dean doesn't see himself as sort of worthy of redemption like by the end and I think all throughout he expects all of these people to think badly of him and he like plays into that and even like the strategies that he uses once he has like realized that what it is and he's hunting the gin, like all the strategies that he used depend on him playing up that side, you know, him like pretending to steal from Mary, you know, he's taking the silver knife and like all of those things. He doesn't try and like fight that reputation. It's a really good point. Because he's, yeah, he doesn't let, like really ever let himself enjoy this life like not really like other than the very beginning with Mary he never gets to enjoy 
this like quote unquote like perfect dream life. well I think he allows himself to a little bit when he's alone with Carmen after the dinner yeah okay that's that's fair but my favorite bit of that though is when he realizes like there's this tension in you work nights at the long dramatic pause <laughs> and it's just his his reaction when he's just like that is so respectable is just the cutest little face he makes it's wonderful as i've i have said it before and i will say it again domestic dean supremacy <laughs> domestic dean is wonderful and wholesome and deserves to have space in supernatural you're gonna hear folks dean's turn-ons are respectability um stability <laughs> he's like oh that's stuff right there the mowing the lawn i mean come on the joy he has chewing a sandwich that his mom made him and then mowing the lawn <laughs> is just the most wholesome thing i think the show has ever done and i love it so much this is one of the first times i mean this is like one of the first times we ever really get to see it in a substantial way you know him doing things that are not hunting as wholesome as that scene was, as soon as it came on the screen, I, me and all, both of my roommates who were watching were like, bro, the blade is nowhere near the grass. What are you doing? <laughs> we were sitting there like, this motherfucker's never mowed a lawn in his life, and it shows. Well, and they even acknowledge that in the canon, because Mary is just like, you think you've never mowed a lawn in your life, and just that little yeah. face that he makes, you're like... Oh, wait that's a what he I was thinking. Where he's needed to mow a lawn. He's 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 been on the road since he was like four years old. He's never <laughs> mowed a lawn. Bobby doesn't have a lawn. Also, would Bobby mow a lawn if Bobby no. had a lawn to mow? No, Bobby would no. let it grow wild. That's just a little detail that I don't know if they did on purpose, but it feels like they may have, but probably not. But I feel like they didn't. It, it works. <laughs> it works really well because okay <clears throat> if we're talking about mistakes that they made that work really well in this episode the mom okay the mom is nine years older than jensen ackles listen <laughs> not even close enough to be a mom and in the first episode of the pilot episode it makes sense because hey they're babies sam is an infant dean is what five well that's the thing when even though but when she, when mary dies she's supposed to be 29 years old and Samantha Smith was like definitely not 29. <laughs> not even in the pilot. Yeah, not even in the pilot. I'm I'm gonna look. But in this episode, it makes sense because the gin is going off of Dean's memories and Dean's projections of Mary. So he has no no concept for what Mary would look like older no. because he's only seen her up to when she died which is how old she was because that actress looks not at all different because it's been a year and a half maybe since they filmed the pilot. So it's like, oops, here she is. Okay, so she was 33 at the time that the pilot was filmed, but there's been like time and then there's also- And Sam is in law school. So it's like, she's 34 in real life, say. 35. Yeah. We'll, we'll push it up a year. So it's like she had a child when she was 12. This is awkward. Like- just no but I, I i like that interpretation of the fact that like that would have been based on dean's memories yeah if they pull her back for further episodes oh my god don't even don't even <laughs> can't yeah but yeah it. yeah it, yeah i think it's an interesting thing to even just like the way she's not just the way she looks but like the way she's personified where she is she she's very much especially in the first couple of scenes, like she's caring for him like he's a child. And it's this weird juxtaposition of like, she kind of treats him like her grown son, but she also kind of treats him like a five-year-old. And he's kind of, he's kind of bouncing back and forth. And I think that's that all he knows of how to relate to her is the mom who like made him sandwiches. Because that's all he remembers because he was four. Yeah. There's not a lot of, and I don't know about y'all, but I don't remember much from when I was four. I have like maybe four or five memories from that time in my life and they are all very vague. I remember when one of my younger siblings was born because um, I was five when, when he was born, um, but it's like a pretty fuzzy memory. 
yeah the fact that his dean's dean's constructing this reality based on his brain is constructing it based on like what he remembers and also just what he wants like it's not even just about what does he remember but it's also about like what does he want he wants his mom alive he wants sam to be happy he wants to not be hunting but he wants sam to be happy even if that means he and sam don't hang out and don't talk mm-hmm. well because in his experience that is that's true. when sam's the happiest that's what he's not that was like sam left sam left and went to stanford so in any so it's yeah. like he's translated that to mean that in any reality sam going to stanford and having his own life means he inevitably grows apart from dean sam without dean equals happy oh god that's depressing mm-hmm. as heck to think about and that if they had spent time apart and grown apart that they wouldn't have been close that they, that without hunting they're not close i think is the conclusion dad. dean has come with without their dad yeah without john in the picture which is painful because john did so many things to both of them but specifically sammy like he fucked sam up hard he fucked dean up real bad too but dean doesn't think that you know yeah. in dean's mind Dean's like, I'm a fully functioning adult. Thanks to my father. <laughs> Sam is messed up. With oh, perfectly dude. healthy coping mechanisms. Oh, yeah. 100%. I don't have a weird, I don't have a weird relationship with the memory of my dead father. Not at all. None the Although that, that was one point I did want to bring up was the, the fact that everybody in the episode thinks that Dean is drunk and he's not. Mm. <laughs> I think that that was just a really interesting. And the, the note that I had was just, he doesn't, we realize in this episode that Dean doesn't drink necessarily because he wants to. He drinks because he's trying to like numb himself to all of the hard things that he has to deal with. But when he's confronted with a life where he is relaxed and happy and has his family together, he's just like, I'll have an occasional beer as I'm sitting on the porch after mowing the lawn, but he's not sitting here knocking back entire bottles of bourbon and it's just funny to me that everybody around him is still like, are you drunk, son? And he's like, no. <laughs> Surprisingly again, not. <laughs> he thinks he's, again, his perception of him, he thinks that his that regardless of the universe, everyone's going to perceive him in a certain way. And he's not, his brain is not redeeming that perception in this new world. It's just carrying that self-concept over. Yeah. You can tell in this episode, his self-esteem is still not very good. <laughs> even in his best world, he's not, he's not good. You know, like he has, he has all these flaws that he sees in himself. Everyone else is kind of the perfect, like, version. Yeah, except for Dean. Dean is the one, Dean is the one piece that doesn't fit. You know, he's the, it's the, which is, I think, what ends up cluing him into the fact that, that this isn't real well no 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 no. i think i think dean is the outlier because dean sees himself as the outlier 100 percent of the time no matter what he's he is he thinks he's so broken and so hopeless that he's always going to be on the outside even in his perfect fantasy he can't be on the inside he can't be happy he can't be okay can't have everything perfect he that has such depressing implications yeah it does it sucks and it's like damn that hurts in so many different ways especially when we think about the rest of like the context of this season again his you know the thing that john says to him at the beginning of the season says you know you got to save sam or else you're gonna have to kill him he's like put that on dean right before he died and now dean has been like carrying that and even the fact that you know he sees himself primarily as someone who is flawed who whose only you know value comes in his ability to save sam or in this case save everyone is really really it's sad it's really it's it's really and i think it, it makes sense that that's where he's at that in this universe that's how he feels about himself because that's what this, the story has been like hammering into him all season about what his purpose is, you know? Should we unpack the grave scene more? Let's, let's unpack the grave scene more. <laughs> I feel like that's like an important focal point in the redemption mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. A, he looks at, he looked everyone up. 
That was so sad. He remembered. He remembered. Like, that's a memory. That's not like, he doesn't have John's journal. Oh, that's such a good point. That's pure memory. He's looking up events that he remembers where they saved the most people. Like, he pulls up the plane crash, right? Um, What else does he pull up? A a few different... He pulls up the girl in the pool, though. Yeah, because he also pulls up the um, the kids that in the hospital. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he probably looked up. I'm, just, I'm kind of with Abigail. I think he looked them up, looked them all, because he realizes that they all, all are gone. Yeah, I mean, I think both points still stand because he looks. He looks up clearly. He, he says, you know, all those people. He's like it's everyone. Yeah, no, that's fair. But also, he the ones he specifically identifies are those really significant ones. Yes. So it's also interesting in the graveyard scene how he does conceptualize John because he's talking to suburban John's grave, but he's really talking to like his John. What's interesting though is that he died the same year though, as you see on the gravestone, he died in 2006. So it's still recent. Yeah. It would be recent. Do they say Sam is about to graduate? They don't specify where he's at in his schooling. Okay. okay. You just know that he has like a law textbook at some point okay. in the beginning of the episode. So a similar, so similar timeline to the show, honestly. I really liked how they did that though, of just because at the beginning of the episode, before the you know, this whole dream sequence begins, you've got Sam looking up all these lore books. And then you don't really, when you're first watching the episode, you don't really realize that something's different until he closes that book and it says that it's like pre-law or something. It's kind of a really nice touch. Yeah, that first phone call. He's like, mm-hmm. shit's going on. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I was like you're hunting, oh. you're fighting gin. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen The Witcher, so I'm like, hey, motherfucker, you're done. <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> it's okay. I also like love along those lines all of the pilot mirrors in this episode because They're there are a so lot of nice, them. like very shot for shot kind of things. You know, the the scene where Sam says, "Oh, I just need to talk to my brother for a sec." The there's a oh where's the other when one he goes into the house and tries to take the silver yes there's a we've got work to do which is a direct quote from the pilot which is important um when they the brothers are fighting and he says that was too easy you should be embarrassed that was too easy. <laughs> yeah which is a flip on what happens in the pilot because because in the pilot sam is actually does actually immediately thereafter take him down and in this this world sam isn't that and he he dean tries to start the bitch punk or punch bitch oh the bitch jerk yeah yeah bitch jerk that's what it is i'm sorry he tries to start that back up and it doesn't why'd you call me a bitch and it's just the look on his face is so funny damn okay sam's just so offended That was that was a good callback. I like that one. I understood that. He's like language dean, language dean. Uh, Going back to the graveyard scene. Jensen just kills it. Honestly, I want yeah, I want the record to show that I cried three times in my watching of this, even though I recently rewatched this episode and have seen it like dozens of times. I still cried three times because. He just, the jacting Joyce's are top tier in this. Can I just read the end of his little speech so that we have it in the episode? Because I feel like it's important for redemption. He says, why is it my job to save these people? Why do I have to be some kind of hero? What about us? Why do we have to sacrifice everything, Dad? But I wrote, even in saying all that, he knows he's still going to hunt the gin. I feel like in that moment, he knows what he's going to do. He knows he's not going to stay in that reality. Um, he's compelled to do the right thing, even though everything in him wants to give in and hold on to that like happiness that he's kind of created. Um, and he redeems himself through that unquestioned sacrifice because he knows the world needs him. And so he decides to do that, even though you know everything in him doesn't want to. Yeah, he he makes that choice out of 
love for the people around him. And yeah, we don't, the fact that he's asking that question has kind of already sealed the decision. Yeah. And it's not actually ultimately about what, it's not ultimately because of, you know, what John would say, you know, he says, you know, I know what you would say, your happiness for all those people's lives, no contest. And he like even puts on like Jensen again, kudos, puts on a little bit of a voice to like Mm -hmm. say that line, you know, your happiness for all those people's lives, no contest. That's the voice he's hearing, but the reasons that he actually chooses to hunt the gin is because of his own sense of like care and self-sacrifice. Dean Winchester is a hero. You heard it here first. And I think too, I think too, it's also in the context of this season as a whole you know, we were mentioning this before that it's not necessarily just about all of the people that they have saved that are now dead in this reality. It's also that he, he realizes this is a reality without his Sam. And he knows how much danger Sam is in because of everything that's been happening leading up to this episode. And so if he is going to honor his promise that he made to his real father, which is that he's going to protect Sam or he's going to kill him, he can't do that from this reality. And he, Dean knows that at all costs, he's going to do whatever he ha- can do to save Sam. And so he realizes like, I have to go back whether I want to or not, because I have to save my brother. That's a really, really good point. His, his destiny is sort of tied to Sam's redemption and he's not mm-hmm. going to risk that even on his own happiness, even on fake, because he's Dean Winchester and that's what he does and it makes me emotional. He would he would have given up. Yeah, and then he saves that girl that he was trapped with right after he like wakes up, which kind of I think it drove home the idea that like the world needs him. Because that girl would have died if he hadn't dug himself out. And, um, well, I guess Sam might have saved her, actually. Well, but if Sam had showed up and Dean was dead, I don't know. Yeah, he might have been, oh, fuck this. I, yeah, I think that that girl was right on the brink. And if Dean was close to dead and Sam wasn't able to do him, that's his 100% his priority is going to be Dean. And... And, and yeah, the fact that, that that's like Sam is just reeling from this instant when it happens and Dean's first instinct is like, the girl is here. We have a chance like to immediately make this worth it. Like, it, you know, he's, he's grappling with the weight of what he's given up. And it makes him emotional. He's emotional when he saves that girl. It's interesting because I noticed like, you know, he's holding her and he kind of looks at her and he's like, it's okay, it's going to be okay or something like that. And he's like, he's about, yeah, I've got you. Yeah, he's about to cry. And I'm like, this is not, like, Dean saves people like it's his job, right? It's not something that he usually gets emotional about. But I think he knew the kind of reality of he made the right decision. Well, because she probably didn't realize what was going on. Because the only reason that Dean realizes it is because he is a hunter. That girl was probably never going to realize what was happening to her if she wasn't a hunter. I wonder if he's also, you know, he's also aware of, he's been locked in his mind with some kind of fantasy. She's also been locked in her mind with some kind of fantasy. And he and, also oh, knows a bit of what it's like to get ripped from that. And I wonder if he's also feeling that compassion for her, regardless of, you know, not knowing. But Dean yeah. broke out. She yeah. got ripped out, you know, so she decided. To yeah, she stay. hadn't been able to make a choice to leave. Yeah. Could you imagine living your dream life and then being like, oh, psych, I'm tied up in a warehouse with my blood getting drained out of me. <laughs> here's, here, here's a really sad implication too, though. She was picturing her dad and being with her father, which means that her father is probably gone. Yeah. 
this episode is just, it is a gut wrencher. And I feel, I, I have to say this just because God love him, but I, I don't often uh, make comments about Jared Padalecki's acting because with no offense meant to him, I do feel like Jensen is generally speaking a better actor, but he really did so well this episode being these two different Sams and just the absolute shift in his demeanor from like the quiet Sam that's trying to get Dean to stay to the sheer panic that he experiences when Dean is waking up and realizing that, you know, he's been tied up and everything. Sam's reaction is, I think, a really strong moment from Jared in this season. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing too. And it's and it's not the first time we've seen that from Jared this season. We also saw it in Born Under a Bad Sign. Um, you know, seeing him play multiple versions of kind of the same character and in this one it's just that slight shift into dream sam and it's but it's enough and he plays it well enough that it's enough that we immediately know as viewers this is not the same sam it's his body language it's not just not just his words and how he says it but his body language towards dean is different he's not as welcoming yeah he's standoffish towards dean which is not something we'd ever known him to be yeah they're all they're always positioned at like angles from each other as opposed to sort of like soft like but i but but despite that despite that (laughs) despite the fact that that this sam and dean are so clearly there's a fracture in their relationship sam still like dean tries to leave to hunt the jinn without sam and sam still follows him in this moment, like where this the moment where we see Sam, like actual Sam, because you know, he his reasons are yeah, he comes out. And I think I, I really love love that because I think it's a big moment for Dean to recognize that like there is a part of him, his subconscious, that does believe in Sam, regardless of the universe, regardless of the circumstances. There's a part of him that knows that Sam is his brother and will will be by his side in the same way that Dean would Dean Dean would never hesitate to be by Sam's side that Sam there is a reciprocal nature nature to that that gets come out yeah it's it's Dean acknowledging that no matter what reality he's in he and Sam are always going to choose each other and that is just (sighs) (laughs) so so throughout all the sadness that we've been talking about on the deep down he had it he had it we're okay and also just i like i feel like this may be our a, a good wrapping up point for the main discussion but just the last line of this episode yeah the last line just gets me so much and sam says to dean now that we're back into our proper reality he says it's not fair and it hurts like hell but it's worth it and to me, I was saying this before we even hopped on the call today, that to me is supernatural in a sentence. That's what the show is. That's the heart of the show. And I love the note that you had in here, Abigail, that Sam is Dean's redemption. I just, it's, it's so powerful. It's just such a powerful episode. That's what they are to each other at this point in the season. Like they are each other's best shot at being saved. And that is going to just kind of be there and that like that theme you know for better or for worse like the fact that they are their destinies are tied so tightly together is something we're going to keep coming back to so that's going to wrap up our theme discussion for this week and next we're going to move into our going meta section where we are tracking lore the Bechdel test pop culture and more so we're going to fly through a couple of these things. First off, uh, Bechdel test. We don't pass. Even though we have three named women, none of them talk to each other because... Noah, can you just read your... Can you just read the note you put in here? <laughs> yeah, so this is, <clears throat> this is my note that I... <clears throat> well, we had a stronger female presence in this episode. By that, I mean we had multiple female characters with names. That's how disappointingly low the bar is. 
Well done, yep. Supernatural. That, that's that's all we have for that. It hurts. It's it's such an it opportunity. It hurts. They had Adrian Pilecki. I fucking love her. She's so cool. Can I just add to about? I just think Carmen is like. <laughs> she just is there to represent stability and like hotness. She's compet also. Yeah. Yes. So intensely. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to. Yes. But yeah, she's just she's she's a trope. She's projection. Yeah, and and like it's I I like what they're doing with that trope because it is fairly obvious that it's a trope. But at the same time, the fact that 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 is like our main female who gets talking points in the episode is like disappointing. Yeah, she's literally like, she's just the girl from the advertisements for the beer. Straight up with whatever Dean imagined filled in, yeah. you know? Which is not a whole lot, which is pretty detailless. <laughs> she's a nurse. Yeah, she's a nurse. That is so respectable. I just love how he says that line. <laughs> the, the whole tone where he's like kind of smirking but it's only he's making a joke but the joke's only for his own benefit <laughs> for him yeah nobody else is gonna get it if anybody said oh, you said that weird he'd be like no i didn't you said it weird like move on <laughs> it hurts so next we'll move on to our lore check there yeah noah you have notes in this <laughs> Um, okay, so Jin translates from Arabic originally as both a wish-granting genie and also a demon. So, I mean, right from the start, it's like a bit of both. You know, you're not getting one without the other. Um, they don't really touch upon much of uh, the history or lore of Jin's in this episode because, I mean, Sam figures it out right at the start, right? Like, they, they really start off right in the middle of it the action dean's in the car driving and sam's like hey i think we're hunting a gin i'm pretty sure and that's it like that's all we get like i mean it's really interesting to me how he doesn't he knows it's a gin and when he says it's a gin he knows readily that that's a genie but also they don't seem to know anything about how gins work so that's kind of a weird moment that's true it's interesting Sam definitely looked up more about the gin or knows more about it in the real world because I mean for most of the episode real Sam isn't in it. Presumably he's hunting it. Presumably he's looking for Dean once he realizes Dean's missing. We don't get a sense of how long how much time is passing in this episode. I bet it's the next morning. Honestly, that's what it feels like cuz if Dean was out all night, Sam wouldn't have gone to sleep, you know? He would have been like, "Hmm, where the fuck are you? <laughs> because obviously Dean wouldn't be answering his phone. Yeah, and then eventually he'd put together what Dean said about going back to these ruins and he'd figure it out by the next morning. Worst case scenario. But he knows more about the gin. Whenever Dean wakes up, he's like asking him like, hey, was it like a really, like, was it your greatest desire? Or like, he's asking questions to Dean, asking like he knows. Sam the, Sam the nerd wants to know. Yeah, yeah. And Dean's like, trauma, trauma. Hey, chill. Okay. Dean's like, can we save the lore discussion until we're like out of its lair, maybe? Yeah, he's like, chill. Let's, let's kill it first and then go, okay? <clears throat> um, uh, okay, the gin in this episode is apparently referenced again in the season, the season six premiere. Uh, exile on main street um because this gin is the father of the gin that they fight in that episode oh my god <laughs> oh that is such an interesting we can't talk about why that's significant because noah hasn't reached that point yet but there it i will just say it's really interesting the the suburban life that Dean envisions in that Jin episode, in this Jin episode, compared to some events that are happening in the beginning of season six. Okay. Oh. The tone of that is really interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't think of that. I didn't either until Noah thanked you for making this connection without realizing you were making a very big connection. That is an excellent point to add in there because it... <sighs> okay, but, but one other thing about this episode is this episode is one of only two and the whole 325, seven, 327 episodes um, of the show. There's only two where the only thing that dies is the monster of the week. Season 10, fan fiction is the only other one. I did not know that. So I'm really stoked that you found out that factoid because that fan fiction is also in my top five. So we don't have anything as as Noah has pointed out, we do have Jin again in season six, but we don't have anything specific that we're going to add to our lost canon jar this week. The lore we get is kind of going to carry through, at least to some extent. And we'll check in again when we meet another Jin. Next, we're going to go to pop culture. <laughs> the episode title again is a Led Zeppelin song. Not the first time, won't be the last. The pictures of young Sam and Dean in their house, in, in Mary's house, um, are actual Jensen and Jared, which was really cute. Um, I thought that was a nice little touch. I love that not in Kansas anymore. And then the fact that he says Auntie M when he wakes up, that was just... Yeah two Wizard of Oz references in this episode. Abigail, one, on an episode where we were on before, you mentioned that Wizard of Oz comes up a bunch. I underestimated that. Well, I'll be honest, I did. I forgot that it came up in this episode. Like there is a lot of references and they are scattered like throughout. We are still going to be making Wizard of Oz references, significant ones in like 10 seasons. So it's kind of great, honestly. It's a pop culture thing that Dean is really into because usually they're references Dean makes. So Well, but you know what? That that canonically makes sense because from what I understand, my mom always used to love watching The Wizard of Oz because it was just always like before VHSs and, you know, all that stuff, it would be on TV like annually. And so it would make sense that if Dean was living in hotels and constantly just watching TVs in hotel rooms, that he probably watched that movie a lot because it was on a lot. It all goes back to trauma doesn't it though it's the supernatural way um when dean wakes up in the dream world it's, it's playing this really old 1950s movie from when hell it came from from hell it came <clears throat> and that plot is about a guy who gets wrongfully killed and then comes back as a tree hero and is like killing all the bad people and it's kind of a metaphor for what dean does when he wakes up from his when he when he kills himself right in the dream and then wakes up and goes back to avenge, um, to save the girl, to kill the djinn, to, to kill the bad people. And I mean, it's kind of a, a, like a little reference, like, oh, hey, foreshadowing. Okay, I, that is very cool. I'm, I will say I'm impressed by that as a writing choice. You know, that's a very niche. And I'm impressed, Noah, by, by your, your notes here. You, you really went in on the research for this trivia, and I am enjoying it. I got you. Because they also mentioned Barbara Eden in I Dream of Jeannie. They say, yep. not exactly like Barbara Eden in Harem Pants, but. <laughs> Which is a whole is a really funny Dean line. Goes, Barbara Eden is hot. <laughs> as, as he does. Uh-huh. So last in our going meta section is our gaydar that is gender and sexuality connections in this episode boy i'm really curious to hear you unpack what compet is because i'm actually not familiar with that term oh okay so dean's dream reality establishes him in this relationship with carmen and it leans into this idea of like him being you know straight and with a girl and that equals like his perfect world or happy Compet is like a, the shortening of the phrase compulsory heterosexuality. And it, it's this idea that- Being straight is the right way. Yeah, and sort of the default. Oh. And, that, and that for a lot of queer people, you can have the experience growing up, even into adulthood of, of playing into a role of heterosexuality, even if it's not true for you. 
because it's sort of compulsory for like the good life as our society kind of dictates a lot of the time, especially, you know, especially this era. A lot of times subconsciously too. It's not, it's not necessarily they're saying all the stuff that you need to be, but it's, it's subliminal messaging. Mm-hmm. It's the white picket fence yeah, and the 2.5 kids and the, you know, when you grow up and meet a nice man. Yeah. And it's what I, what I was super struck by in this episode with Carmen. And I really like Carmen as like, she, she's really kind. I really appreciate, we didn't get to talk about this earlier, but she really appreciate how she sees Dean and she sees her value. And she, she is the one person who like actually seems to notice him truly as he is. And to notice that not everything is okay with him, but, but genuinely like, is present with him in those moments. And that I really love. Um, but the reality is like with her characterization in this episode, she is the cool girl trope. He even says like, oh, how'd I end up with someone so cool? And she's and she says something about low standards. Um, she says I have really low standards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, which is haha, funny, um, whatever. But she's like this trope of like, the girl that can hang with the guys and like she drinks beer and she's wants to get him a cheeseburger after they've been to this really fancy restaurant that line that line's huge you know and some of and and it just played in I was just really struck by Dean's reaction to that and yes he's disoriented he's trying to figure out like what's going on but he's not there is one scene where they make the emotional more emotional connection and there seems to be more of a spark between them every other scene where the two of them are interacting it's very like there's very there's a disconnect he is wildly uninterested the moment where he is realizing that he needs to you know stab himself to wake up and everything it's really interesting how it goes like mary carmen sam um well, Mary, Jess, Carmen, Sam, but the Carmen interaction, it's really, she says that she loves him and you can just tell that he is already completely removed and detached because he has no context for her. Because I feel like he's in that scene, he's trying to remember what he really knows about those characters and he's getting to his mom and he's like, okay, I remember her being there for a little bit. And what did you tell me when I was a kid? You know, like he pulls on those little things and then when he gets to Carmen he can't remember anything about her because in the real world she's, she's a bit not of a sexy she's just a girl in a magazine she he has no prior experience with her so he gets to her and he's like yeah like you're you're great for here but you're not real <laughs> move on yeah and I think that's where I really just saw like no shade to Carmen as a character um, and also like, no, this is not a, this is not me making an argument that like Dean is not ever genuinely interested in women because we've already seen in the show with Cassie in particular, deep emotional and physical and sexual ke- chemistry and connection that I, you know, I think is really hard to deny within the canon. But this episode is more about the idea of what him being happy in a relationship is. And it's, and he's, it's very much a, a, a societally acceptable relationship for him. It comes off as a bit empty. Yeah. And I just think that's like an interesting thing to point out in this episode. If anyone has a different interpretation or like a, any other connections to gender and sexuality in this episode, I would love to hear them. That's just what was striking me. I think that kind of nails it for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Sorry, I got hung up on the fact I got hung up on the fact that Cassie only appears in the one episode and that's it. Noah, don't get me started. <laughs> Fucking hurts. She's referenced in one future episode, but that's it. Not only for her character, but her actress did phenomenal. Yeah. Justice for Cassie. And that's it. And Cassie, oh, we deserved more of Cassie, honestly. One of the best. Oh. But oh, Cassie. We love Cassie. I wrote a whole break. I wrote a whole Dean Cassie breakup fic like a month ago because I was like, I have feelings about Dean and Cassie and nobody's writing the fic. So I'm going to do it. Anyway, that's unrelated to this at all, but still important to me. (laughs) Cassie is always in our hearts. Cassie is always in our hearts. My bio awakening. Um, (laughs) One of them. (laughs) 
one of one of many listen wait a minute oh my god did i come out the same year i got interested in supernatural i did i did oh my goodness that's funny i never realized that and i just made that connection in my brain when you said that yeah so now you go cope with that and we'll just keep <laughs> i'll go i'll go do some you know processing of my trauma and then we'll carry on <laughs> carry on wow elena like the way we're like the way we're no i didn't mean it okay <laughs> take it back so we're gonna move on now from our going meta segment into our episode mixtape do we have songs for this week folks uh daydreamer by lucas stevens felt really fitting because um dean is like in a dream and he's uh talking about stuff that um he doesn't realize how much he needs and they don't realize how much he needs them either and so it's wholesome because he he's talking about how how much he loves his uh siblings in the real world that's really sweet the song that i have is called at least i have nothing by saint motel it's this song about having nothing to tie you down and no family left in this town it's really sad song it is leaning definitely into the I think sadder emotions of this episode there's less risk if you have less less to lose and you know the choices that Dean's making in this episode anyway it's a it's a good it's a really good song it's one I've associated with Dean for many years and this episode seemed like a good place to pull it out I love St. Montel so I'm gonna go at that right now so mine is actually a song that is originally by Leonard Skinner, but I specifically had to cite the cover because it was sung by Jensen Ackles, who plays Dean, obviously. So uh, he did a cover of Simple Man with Jason Manns, and it is just such a good cover. And I mean, the song is literally about a mother sitting there telling her son to just live this simple life and that's how he'll be happy. And it's the whole song is like the mood of this episode. It's a beautiful cover. I'm really glad you picked that song. Um, I went through Abigail's Dean playlist. (laughs) Um, And I found this song, Hurts Like Heaven by Coldplay. (sighs) Nice. Um, and I thought the title was really fitting, Hurts Like Heaven, like this is Dean's heaven, but it hurts because it's not real, but you know, like all the layers there. Um, and then I looked up the lyrics and they're fitting. Like it says, I struggle with the feeling that my life isn't mine. It's so cold, it's so cold. Um, see the arrow that they shot trying to tear us apart. Took the fire from my belly and the beat from my heart. Still, I won't let go. Like that is this episode. Like he's, you know, he's clinging to Sam. He's clinging to their relationship, and you know everything we were talking about before. So anyway, it fits. That's our episode mixtape. So next, I want to hear Noah as our resident co-host who has not seen what's coming next. What is your prediction for the finale next episode, part one? All hell breaks loose. Okay um all hell breaks loose clearly a lot of demons a lot of hell people a lot of satan maybe who knows the hell people are coming to get sam and um i'm betting they're gonna come into some sort of confrontation with you know the demon that killed their mom and all that that's somehow didn't happen in the end of season one but that's fine it's whatever um moving on um it's something like that's gonna happen hell people all hell Sam's gonna need saving. Dean's gonna save him. They're gonna say they love each other. Um, and I bet someone's gonna do a backflip. This is like a bingo card of what we think is gonna happen. What Noah thinks is gonna happen in the finale. It all hangs on the backflip. <laughs> that's that's the one. That's the one I'm hoping for. <laughs> we'll check in. We'll check in with you again, Noah, after we watch the finale. See how much of this. You were correct about backflip. I'm looking for it. We're looking for it. Last today, we're going to move into our blessing segment. We haven't done this in a while, but we're really excited to bring it back. So how this works is we're each going to choose a character in the episode. We can choose the same characters and bless them for whatever we we choose to within this episode. This is kind of a practice that is transcends a lot of cultures and belief systems. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it's about recognizing 
individual stories and just being able to actually like slow down and pay attention to them. So with that in mind, I'm going to bless Dean (laughs) because I want to. And because I often, I often want to try and bless someone that is not an obvious choice in an episode. But in this episode, I want to bless the very obvious choice, but maybe for a less obvious reason. Dean, I think blessing him for the desires that he does have and those as good desires. Like he desires good for his family he desires a stable life he desires a life where like mowing the lawn and celebrating the people around him's accomplishments is sort of his norm and it's a simple life it's not a very exciting life but you know sometimes I think one of the things that I've like come back to as I've gotten older is this this concept of like it's okay to have a simple life and a simple life can be really really meaningful because of the people you share it with, because of the care that you show them, because you walk with people through all of their their lives, the good times and the bad. And that's not something, you know, just because you're not the hero in a fantasy novel doesn't mean you're not doing good in the world. You know, that's what I think Dean wants is to do good in the world. And, and he's doing it as a hunter, but he also could have done it as a suburban person. I want to bless him for those, I think, really genuine desires. So, so mine is actually kind of like a, a twofold uh, blessing. So Dean is one of the two, because obviously for all of the beautifully eloquent reasons that Abigail was just saying. Um, but in addition to Dean, I also would like to bless Mary for this episode, specifically because of my personal connection to this show and this episode, especially because the interesting part about this is that this episode is going to be airing on April 25th which is actually my mom's birthday. Um, And I actually lost my mom when I was 18. And so one of the reasons I've always connected so intensely with Dean is because he's, he's got this like longing to have his mother back in his life. And whenever I watch this episode, it just, it hits me in all of the right fuzzy places because I'm like, I can't imagine having that opportunity to have back the person that I lost and then still being able to say no to that because it's for the greater good of others. And so I just think that for Dean, there's such a huge sacrifice that he makes in this episode, because even though we all know that this is not a reality that he's in, this is just, you know, a a vision in his mind, it feels real to him. And kind of like what Sam says to him in the final moments of the episode, like it's, it's so powerful that Dean had the strength to leave this vision because he could have had everything that he's ever wanted back. And so just that makes me just really think about him and Mary specifically and how I think it's such a shame that they never really got a chance to have that together um, up to this point, you know? So that's, that's mine. I know it's really sappy, but it's just a very deep personal connection that I have to both Dean and this episode in particular. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Elena. That's um, really, really meaningful. So thank you for, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's why I like blessings as a segment. It's so nice. Like you get to really just like put your heart into it a little bit. That's what this is for. That's what this segment is for. It's for that personal, you know, what mean, what's meaningful for what's meaningful to you. I think that's what draws a lot of people to the show is the some kind of connection where we see ourselves in the characters or the experiences or the emotions. And I think being able to recognize that and share that with other fans is one of the things I love most in fandom space. Fully agree. Those are both so beautiful. I'm going to bless Sam because I feel like he got left out this episode in the real world. And I think I'm going to bless him for doing his best even when he's not the main focus, working hard, even in the background, to save his brother and save everyone in the end. It's a very fitting blessing for Sam. I was thinking of the same thing for Sam Noah, so I'm glad you said it. So because you said that, I'm going to bless Dean as well. I think the reason that I connect to him in this episode is his longing to be, I don't know, like good. <laughs> um, and his his kind of, you know, he needs to be, he doesn't see himself in a good light, but he's trying to redeem himself. And to redeem himself, he wants to be the one that saves people. 
And to save people, he leaves this this dream that's his perfect reality. Um, and so, and to be there for Sam, like you were saying, Abigail. So I think just that, like his devotion to his brother, his family, but also his, I don't know, like he needs to be needed. <laughs> um, and I really relate to that. And I think, yeah, he just, he, the vulnerability in this episode deserves a big blessing, I think. So with those blessings, we have now reached the end of today's episode, but we do want to say we have some very exciting news coming for the show next episode we have a couple of big announcements a couple of people from this episode are going to be back we are really excited to be launching into season three and some really cool things along with that so come back next week come talk to us on socials on discord or any of our other social media platforms we're particularly active on twitter and tiktok hit us up with your predictions for what the the big change is you know what's this big news what could it possibly be let us know we want to hear from listeners because this is going to be this is going to be a doozy everyone and what's also exciting about this big news episode is that it's going to be airing on may 2nd which is sam winchester's birthday come join us for a birthday celebration a big announcement and a very big backflip in the season two finale (laughs) one could perhaps say that all hell may break loose what (laughs) be sure to ride along with us next week as we watch part one of all hell breaks loose through the theme of reality thank you all for coming along for the ride and we wish you a peaceful road until we meet again A note to our listeners, this episode was recorded prior to our season three name change, where we went from Driver Picks the Podcast to Saving People, Queering Things. For all of our new social media platforms, visit QueeringThingsPodcast.com.